Podcast Network Asia. What is up, everybody, and welcome to another brand spanking new episode of the Class Clown Podcast. I am your host, Chino Liao. Welcome to it, your second episode for the week where I talk to a guest. But first, let me ask you how you guys enjoyed the first episode of this week. All about the open mic. Did I do a good job capturing what an open mic is like? Did you guys have questions that I did not answer? Please let me know. This is not just for social media engagement. This is a serious question. I am asking you because I I may have missed a thing or two about open mics. It's been a while since I've been to one. So I really need to know. And I was able to answer all your questions. If there were questions that were unanswered, I will always be glad to answer them at Chino Supersized. Now on to today's guest. My guest for this episode is actually a comedian I met in Hong Kong during the Hong Kong International Comedy Festival. The second one where I did not eat on stage, not the first one. I don't think people want to acknowledge the existence of the first one. But the second one, I met a guy there and his name is Dragos Christian at Dragos Comedy on TikTok and on Instagram where he has 300,000 followers. This guy just blew up over the pandemic season and he will explain to us why. He comes to us all the way from Berlin and I talk to him about a lot of different things really about first of all how he found his way to Berlin, uh, what the comedy is like in Berlin, and why Germans don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> because as you know, Germany really isn't known for your, their sense of humor. You know, if you have the balls to war the world twice, then, then you're really not that funny in real life. You're not like you're like not the fun person in the party, you know? So so but but Germany uh, has actually a very lively comedy scene, and we figure out together on this week's episode. So I hope you guys can join me as I talk to Mr. Dragos Christian. Dragos Christian, welcome to the Class Clown Podcast. How you been, buddy? Hey man, long time no long time no speak. I'm good, bro. I'm good. Like uh, I'm I'm currently just here in Berlin, slowly, slowly, but surely going back to normal with our shows here. I got my vaccine. I got that Johnson and Johnson, that fresh Johnson and Johnson vaccine, one dose that uh, was all it took. That one and done shot, yeah. Ex- exactly. So now yeah. I'm just, you know, we're just doing shows, and slowly we are. We have uh, the restrictions being lifted off our shows here. We were kind of limited to 50 people, 40 people, 50 people. Now we're slowly kind of edging towards like 60 maximum in a room, and you know, just playing around with these numbers at the moment, slowly trying to. You know, get everything back to real normal life like it was before the pandemic. Right, because Germany being one of the more, shall we say, developed countries in in the world, also kind of had to face the brunt of the pandemic, right? Weren't cases 
shooting up there or something? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, we. I mean, overall, Europe was kind of like, because, you know, you have the freedom of movement in Europe, so you don't really have either, if you're European, you don't really need a visa or like uh, you don't really need to show anybody your ID at like the border. So people were just moving around quite willy-nilly, if you will. So it did kind of spread quite fast here, especially with Italy was uh, and Spain being like hot, right. hot and, place at the start of pandemic. And, and so, France too, right? France was like... Exactly. So so they, they, were, they were pretty locked down afterwards. I mean, the lockdown here... In total, I think it was about 10 months because we had three months in the first wave in 2020. Right. And then, um, well, actually more because we had three months in 2020, then two months at the end of the year. And then this year we had six months because we were in lockdown till June. So right. we had like almost well, one year of lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's co- considerably shorter compared to all the other countries in the world, like especially mm-hmm. in the Philippines where we're still in lockdown. Right. Still in lockdown. Hasn't stopped at all. Right, so consider yourself lucky that you are not no longer in Asia. Mm. Yeah, I saw Singapore as well. Yeah, Singapore just opened up quite recently as well. Mm-hmm. Right, so let's let's start from the beginning. When I met you, we met in Hong Kong, and you were still based in Asia, correct? So how did you yeah. find yourself in Berlin? So basically, what happened uh, was uh, I, uh, you know, I started doing comedy in Singapore with the, with the guys there, like two thousand, I think it was two thousand sixteen, two thousand fifteen, right. something along those lines. I was working there for a company and then I ended up getting another job. So I, I was in I was in Asia for about like in, in Singapore specifically for about a year and a half. And then I ended up uh, I was still working full time at the time for like a tech company. I was doing sales, you know, calling pick up picking up the phone, calling people, hey man, you wanna buy some some hardware, some hard, right. hard disks for your company? Yeah. And you know, Singapore we had like what three free mics a week at a time, free mics in English, and it was a good scene and you know it was you know, Kami Masala with Umar, I was doing a lot of good uh, good stuff there. But then I ended up getting a job offer to move back to Europe and I ended up moving to Estonia. At that time, it was basically, I think I was, you know, obviously I was interested in comedy and I was more of a hobby. But when the offer for the job came in, it was a good amount of money. It was a good career step up. So I was like, let's go back to Europe. So then I moved to Estonia. And in Estonia, I was doing stand-up comedy there as well because they had a bit of a scene as well. They had three, four mics a week in Estonian and one in one, two in English a month, right? Right. So sometimes I would just go to the Estonian open mics and do comedy in English. So I did that for about a year. And then I was like, I had saved up some good amount of money. And I was like, you know, if I wanted to, if I didn't have to worry for about money for like, let's say a year, what would I end up doing? So I was like, I'd be doing a comedy. So then what I wanted to do was like, I wanted to, you know, get as much stage time as possible. So then I was weighing my options. I was like, where can I get as much stage time as possible? So then I was looking at London because you have a lot of open mics there. But the problem with London is it's very, very expensive. And especially if you want to be a full-time comedian there, it becomes a lot more financially right. problematic, right? And then the other option was I ended up looking at the different cities around Europe. I looked at Stockholm. I looked at Amsterdam. I looked at like Barcelona. And then when I came across Berlin, I saw that they had about 20 open mics in English a week, right? Right. So I was like, cool. holy shit, 20 open mics in English. That's a lot of open mics, right? So then I ended up coming here for a, for a week just to visit. And it was very easy to get access to the mics here. It was very easy to get around. It's not as big as London. And I figured, you know, I could probably, if I moved to Berlin, I could probably do, you know, at least five five minutes every night, right? Mm-hmm. So that was like kind of like the decision point. So that's how I moved to Berlin here. And now, basically, now that everything's going back to normal, now we have like about 50 open mics in English or 50 wow. shows in English a week. So wow, it's quite a big scene at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's surprising how big the scene is when you talk about it. I never expected Germany to be a hotbed for stand-up comedy, let alone English stand-up comedy. Well, I wouldn't say Germany is a bed for it. I think just Berlin itself is oh, a bit of Oh, just Berlin, a, the city. 
Just Berlin, yeah. The right. rest of the rest of Germany is actually quite problematic because you know outside of Berlin, not a lot of people speak English. But Berlin has a lot of tech companies. It's very international, very multicultural. So there's right. a lot of expats and English speakers here. So in Germany per se, just Berlin is the uh, odd one out, right? The rest of the places like Hamburg or Munich, they're still struggling with. They have like maybe one one show a week or maybe one show a month. But they still have shows though. In English, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. That's, that's a lot of times, that's like somebody either in Munich. There's a little bit of a local scene, and in Hamburg, there's a bit of a local scene. There's a guy that does shows uh, every month, but it's nowhere near as big as Berlin, right? Wow. And sometimes, you know, people from Berlin go and do shows there. Wow. Okay. So, what are the crowds like? Are are the crowds that watch mostly German, or do you get? Because I see a lot of your videos, and you end up talking to a lot of different people from all over Europe. So, what are the crowds like there in your shows? So what's happening, you know, basically is a lot of the people are moving from the, for their from their home countries to here, mostly to work for technology companies, right? Right. Or they're here to work for marketing for some like media stuff. Berlin has a big music scene, has a big movie scene as well. So they're moving here to do these kind of jobs. But the majority, I would say, I would say at the moment it's most mostly seventy percent of the audience is foreign. And maybe 30% is German, right? And a lot of these foreigners, they're usually people that have been hired from their home country to come work for these companies. So it's a bit of a brain drain situation where you have all the talent from these countries around Europe kind of moving right. to Berlin. So, you know, you have, especially from like the surrounding, like we have uh, people from like the Arab countries as well, like Lebanon. We have people from like, even, you know, a good amount of people from Syria as well because of the whole, you know, war thing. Because um, of the asylum seeking, right? Yeah, so some of them were refugees, but they became here. They got refugee yeah. status back in 2011, 2012. Yeah. And then, you know, and obviously now they're kind of started their own families. They're, you know, enrolled in universities. They've learned German. They've learned English. They're being super active, uh, productive members of the community. Right. And then, you know, we have the, the Europeans, but uh, also a good amount of people from like the Arab countries coming in and basically, you know, working as doctors, working as dentists, working as different kind of, you know, professional jobs, right? So right. then a lot of times, because these guys are brought over for their skill in their particular profession, a lot of times that particular profession might not even require German, right? So maybe they just speak English and their native language. And a lot of times there's not a lot of entertainment in English in Berlin, right? Maybe there's right. music, but right. like just hang out, kind of chill entertainment is not a lot of it in English. So the only form of English entertainment at the moment, well, not the only form, but like the biggest form of entertainment in English ended up being stand-up comedy. So then a lot of them come to the stand-up comedy shows. They get to meet other people like themselves. And it creates a bit of a community type, type feel. Right. Wow. Okay. That's super interesting because, first of all, I'm only operating on a lot of the assumptions people make about Germany. Namely, <laughs> how the Germans don't have a sense of humor. Right? Is, which, is not is far, that, which is not far off. <laughs> which is not far off. So it's, it's great that yeah. you said that. So have you ever had to encounter German audiences that didn't? receive your stand-up so well? Yeah, a lot of times, the problem with the German audience is they take things too literal. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if you make a joke, they're like, oh, really? That happened? No, it didn't happen. It's a joke, bro. You know, it's, it's a punchline. That's kind of like, but I, I feel like that's the case with the people that, you know, they, they do come and listen to comedy in their second language, right? So maybe their English is not that advanced, so they don't get the nuances of the joke. Right. But a lot of the ones that we get now, they're, you know, they're very, very good at speaking English and they get a lot of the nuances. But English scene, you know, has grown so fast and it has grown so well that actually even the German scene is slowly adopting some of the the formats, the models, the ideas, the kind of approaches that we have in the English scene to run their shows. Right. Okay. So it's nice that you were able to adapt so quickly to to the scene because mm -hmm. it feels like you already found your niche 
there in the German or in the Berlin scene at the very least. Mm -hmm. that so, does that sound correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say I find a bit of an issue. I, I tend to kind of do a lot of nowadays. I do a lot of more international kind of experience comedy. I work with a bit with stereotypes. I kind of also do some comedy directed to you know Eastern Europeans because I feel being from Romania. You know, I'm originally from Romania, and right. a lot of that part of the Europe, the whole uh, east of Europe, has a bit of a common history with communism and you know, being behind the Berlin Wall, and and a lot of that pool of experiences tend to be quite common across. Right. So let's jump back a bit further. Then, so you also mentioned mm -hmm. that you did comedy in Estonia. Now, I don't know anything about Estonia other than Estonian NBA players, but. Uh, it doesn't strike me as a a scene for stand-up comedy. Am I am I wrong in saying this? I mean, again, I think the the thing. So you are a bit wrong for it because uh, they they have a scene for stand-up comedy locally right. in Estonia, right? I think a lot of countries now stand-up comedy is really picking up steam, and they have a pretty decent scene in Estonia in Estonian. So they you know yes. they sell out theaters. They do well, you know, there's a very small group of comedians that do it. It's getting bigger, but they do mm -hmm. like point of view or style stand-up comedy. Right, they don't do like the regional comedy in you know how like different countries have a different style of comedy. They don't do that. They um, do like stand up comedy. I mean, I think they do stand up comedy. It's not like uh, like for example in Germany, mainline Germany, they have this this kind of like a thing that is kind of like stand up comedy, but it's not quite because it's more of more of a theater type of uh, solo like one man show where people talk about politics and stuff, and it's not not as many punchlines as stand up comedy in Germany. But in Estonia, I think they've never had that because they were you know, a very small country, 1.3 million, and a lot of the influences come from from the U.S. So I think their style of stand-up comedy, you know, is more storytelling, but also with punchlines, but pretty very similar stand-up comedy. Right. And also, I wouldn't be able to tell you in super much detail how the Estonian stand-up comedy in Estonian is like because I don't understand Estonian. Right. But from what I've spoken with the comedians, there a lot of the influences are like you know Bill Burr, right. you know, Joe Rogan, these kind of guys. Right. Hey, if you're a current podcaster or plan to start your own podcast soon, I want to share with you a tool that I help, that I use rather, to help me monetize my own podcast. And that, my friends, is called Podmetrics. Now, Podmetrics allows you to have full control of how you monetize your podcast. What does that mean? Well, you can collaborate with different brands, choose between the many merchants that fit your podcast's audience. You can also get tips and samples on how to execute your ads properly to maximize your earning potential. That's not all. You can also track how many of your listeners you were able to convert and know how much you've earned in real time. Cashing out is such a, a breeze thanks to Podmetrics. So if you're a podcaster, make sure to register and sign up by clicking the link in the description of this episode and use my referral code CLASSCLOWN. It's not that hard. CLASSCLOWN. It's the title of the podcast. No spaces. Type it whichever way you want. JJ spelling, all caps, no, no caps. Just, just type it out. Class clown, no spaces. And you can help earn through your podcast with Podmetrics. Well, let's jump back to the German comedians this mm -hmm. time. Because yep. doing stand-up in, in Estonia, like you said, 
you were surrounded by Estonians. But in Germany, yeah, is it yeah. the same way? Are you with fellow German? Or are you with Germans? Or are you with fellow mm-hmm. expats? I think it's mostly international people. Actually, there are Germans in the scene, but there, you know, there's, there's many more expats than Germans in the English comedy scene, right? Right. Like we have people from the U.S. There's a good amount of people from the U.S. Ukraine. We have a couple of Ukraine comedians. Russia. We have people from Uganda. We have people from uh, wow, Sri Lanka, Lebanon. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a diverse type of pool. We have some Irish comedians, some British comedians. We have now as well. We're getting more. I mean, what we don't have actually is we don't have a lot of Italian or French comedians because I think right. they're uh, they're quite they're quite those languages are very uh, self sufficient, right? So a lot of people don't really they prefer to do it in those languages. But we have different countries of Europe performing in, in here. But I would say like yeah, maybe the German comedians they make up maybe like 15 percent of the scene. Nice. So with this such diverse a background in your comedy scene, does it also offer? the diversity in comedy like do you hear different kinds of jokes is it does it differ from comedian to comedian or is there like a a general sense of what people talk about i think it's definitely a lot of comedies related to like you know my parents in this country my experience in this country was like this coming here to germany was a, lot, a lot of comparisons a lot of parallels between i come from here this is how things are in this country this is how it is in germany and this is why it's funny adopt, uh, it's kind of adapting to a new environment that comedy we do have we do do shows here as well that kind of cater to different styles. So we do like a dark comedy show. We uh we do now a show called Startup Comedy where we're trying to combine some of the startup culture in Berlin with uh, comedy. Where comedians they they basically it's it's a mix between like stand up and improv because you have a stand up improv and crowd work because you have to pitch fictional startup ideas. So fake startup ideas that you come up with you have to pitch them to the audience and the audience has to ask a question about your business and that's basically great. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Then we have. <laughs> Dark comedy open mics. We have, we have a show called Love in Berlin that focuses more on relationships and problems of finding, you know, uh, a partner. So it, it's different styles of comedy. We, we try to kind of make something for everybody. Right. And we also do like cultural shows. Like we have some the Eastern European Comedy Night. We have the Arab Comedy Night. Where like most of the Arab comedians pre- perform and that kind of stuff. Right. So do you guys have a lot of Asians or not at all? Well, basically, we have Southeast Asians. Do you count Indians as Southeast Asians or Asians? Yeah. What do you call them? They're, they're technically Asians. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we have a good amount of Indian comedians. We, are, we have a comedian from China. We have a comedian from uh, east of Russia. So basically, they're Russian, but they look very Asian. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the, the, the Kazakhs, the Mongols. Yeah. We have, I think, the majority of the, the Asian community here tends to be more from Southeast Asia, like Indian descent. We yes. don't have, for example, or like, or maybe they're like BBCs, British born Chinese, right? Right. So we don't have that many, like some, we don't have anybody from Singapore. We have one comedian that's like Korean, Austrian, but you know, he obviously looks a bit Korean, but it's not as many as you you would find in the US, for example, or in New York, right? Right, uh, right. And, and it tends to be more skewed on the Indian side. Right, right. Well, I mean, you're talking about tech, so yeah. you, you definitely sense, get yeah. a lot. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We're talking about but we do get audiences. India. We do get audiences that are, for example, coming to the show that they're from the Philippines. Some of them are from like Taiwan. Some of them are from Korea. Some wow. of them from Australia. They're like Vietnamese. Some of those. So we have a good amount of uh, diversity in the audience. Right. But yeah. We had like even last night we had some Indonesians at the show. But uh, I think in the in the scene for performing, they haven't really kind of I guess jumped on to perform. We don't have that many Asian Southeast Asian in terms of like you know Philippines Indonesia comedians right. performing here. And I think a lot of times it's because, first of all, there's not, there's not many 
Indonesians, Filipinos in Berlin, I guess. Right. I guess that the, the majority, uh, let's say, of, of the Asian community is, I think, for some reason, Vietnamese, if I'm not mistaken. There's a lot of Vietnamese Germans. Hmm. Um, Interesting. It, yeah. So does that diversity in the crowd help or hinder you from doing crowd work? Because you do a lot of crowd work. Oh, it's great. It's great. A lot of crowd work. And I think one of the reasons for that is because there's so many people from different places and they all have these interesting stories. And they're always quite happy to kind of share their impression. And, you know, the thing is, even all the other people around in the audience, they are curious to hear, you know, what is the impression of somebody from the Philippines in Germany? What is the impression of somebody from, you know, South Africa, the most of Germany? What is the idea and the experience of somebody from like Peru or from Bolivia that moved to Berlin. Why did they move? How did they get here? What jobs to do? You know, it's a big thing moving to Europe and moving to moving continents, right? Want to hear? Uh, they 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 empathize and sympathize with the with the whole kind of like global trotting experience, right? Right, right, right. Well, that that makes a lot of sense as well. Because I've personally never been to any part of Europe, so for mm-hmm. me, like realizing that there's this vibrant scene in a technically non-English speaking country it's just it's mind blowing for me, you know, especially since yeah, I can see from your videos that you, you do shows in mm-hmm. different places. Yeah. Basically my experience here is I run a show okay. almost every night. And because you know you're running a show every night, it can't be the same thing over and over. It has to be like different aspects, different topics. So that's kind of we run them. Uh, because at the moment I'm doing comedy full time, and you know, in order to be able to, you know, be able to pay the bills, you have to kind of do these shows, right? A lot of times we do donation shows, sometimes we do paid shows, but you know, at the end of the month, it, it ranks up. It's enough to kind of make a living, right? But yeah, basically, it's something we do every night. We have to change location, we have to change bars, we have to change formats to make it keep it fresh, right? Right, right, right. Okay, so where do you guys perform? Do you guys have clubs or? You do it like in now there are dedicated clubs. There's about three full-time dedicated clubs to stand-up comedy in English. Another one's called the Out the Wall. The other one's called Propaganda. Uh, the other one's called the Cosmic Comedy, and another one is called a Maz Comedy Club, right? So they are small bars basically converted in, in stand-up comedy clubs. The capacity does not go beyond 70 in each of these rooms. They're very you know very small compared to the US or bigger stuff. But it's great for uh, the stuff that we do. And then we also run shows at other bars at evenings. So this, it's a normal bar. And we just you know, put up a mic there, put up a speaker, and basically we do shows, right? So some of these bars, and a lot of the shows are happening, like just basically bars can, that where there is one night of comedy or two nights of comedy per week. Right, right. So are the bars all open now? Is that where Germany is at? Yes. So the the rule here is you can go inside a bar if you have a negative test from the past 24 hours or a proof of vaccination that is longer than two weeks from the last vaccine. So if you have those, basically, you can live your life pretty much normally. Right. Okay. Wow. Germany has their shit together. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we also have, yeah, they, they start off a bit slow, but now they've gotten the hang of it, I guess. And even with the, we have an app that where you can check in, check out of locations. And I think it gives you statistics on how the situation looks for Corona here. I think now about 62% of the population has both has been vaccinated, like with two vaccines. Right, right. So it's at least now you guys, because I don't, I can't even remember the last time I performed in front of a crowd. So at least yeah. now you guys yeah, man, have, have that, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's fortunate. Again, we had like a pretty rough patch for about a year there where there wasn't much to do. So that's how I ended up kind of putting a lot of stuff on TikTok because, you know, I had all this footage from the previous year and I needed to do something with it. So then basically, I just kind of edited it and put it up online. And now that we're back, basically, we're just doing as much as we can. Everybody's super hungry, starved 
technically for this comedy. Right. And yeah, hopefully everybody's like still a bit traumatized. We're kind of expecting expecting it to shut down again in November or October. We hope it doesn't happen. But like I, for now, we're just trying to make the most of it, right? Right. But is the country open right now? Like, are you guys able to move freely around or? Yes. At the moment, most of Europe is open. With the exception is you cannot, they, they've just banned travel from the US. Right. So if you're from America, you can't travel to Europe. But within Europe, it's pretty safe to go around. Right. All right, that's super sexy music. You hear in the background this courtesy of this super sexy ad read. <laughs> Thanks in part, of course, to Podmetrics. Now, guys, you know about my Lazada and Shopee and Amazon links. You can find them all on linktr.ee slash Chino Supersized. Again, linktr.ee slash Chino Supersized. But if you are also in search of a great VPN, the best bang for buck when it comes to both protecting you online from malicious hackers and malware and such, especially when you use public Wi-Fi a lot. Also, if you're looking for a VPN that can hook you up with different content from around the world, look no further further than NordVPN. NordVPN is something that I, I personally use and can guarantee uh, that it's one of the best VPN providers out there. Now, of course, I am not an IT professional. This is just totally unsolicited uh, praise whatsoever. But if you are looking to get your own VPN, why not go for Nord? They are having, they are giving me rather the super exclusive deal courtesy of them. And you can find that on my link tree. That's linktr.ee slash Chino Supersize. Now back to more of the Class Clown Podcast only here on Podcast Network Asia. Okay, so you just mentioned something interesting here, and this is this is partly why I got drawn to your page. You have quite a following online now of of different stand-up shows from all over Europe. So was this something that you expected to happen? I mean, basically, I just kind of, you know, I had... So one thing that I do, one thing that I decided to do, I decided to film all the shows that I was doing before, like maybe like two years ago, and I started doing it more seriously, more full-time, like two years and a half, three years. I started to film every show. And I just bought an external hard drive. I would film the shows, and I would just put them on the hard drive. And I said, like, I will eventually get to this at one point, or maybe I'll, I'll get somebody to help me with it, right? And then when the pandemic came, all I had was time, right? So then I took, I got, I got some editing a software and I started basically looking through it. And somebody said like, why don't you just post the stuff on TikTok? And I posted some of the crowd interactions, some of the material on TikTok and ended up doing quite well. So basically with that particular approach, I ended up building up this following. So at the moment on TikTok, I have about almost 360,000 followers. And then nice. some of those have also tr- trickled in and, and went into the, the Instagram as well. The main growth reason has been TikTok. Oh, nice. Because it's been very easy to discover, get discovery on TikTok. People find you, they like, interact with you. don't need to, you know, figure out SEO or like you, know, you, need to, yeah. you don't need to get TV for people to see, to follow you. Yeah. 
because I guess that's kind of like the the way to grow your Instagram. A lot of times, it'd be like you go on a big podcast or you go on a big TV show, people see you and they follow. You. With TikTok, with TikTok, people are able to find me there and just basically trickle into my YouTube, trickle into my uh, uh, Instagram. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I also have a TikTok. I'm also playing around with it. And yeah, it's totally easy to develop a, yeah. a following as long as you keep posting. Right. The volume. It, it, the consistency is really what's important there with, with TikTok. So with regards to posting, has that helped you with mm-hmm. your stand-up? Like, have you gotten more of a following? Do people seek you out now? Or are you still like, the, are you still uh, just like doing it, you know? I mean, people are still sending messages, but seek me out to do shows. They say like, yeah, come to this place, come to this place. But it's not like, the problem is in Europe, there are no bookers. There's no particular big scene for like booking and that kind of stuff, right? Right. So, so then like, there's nobody, nobody to book you. So a lot of the shows when you organize them, you have to set them up by yourself, right? Right. It's interesting how you said there were no bookers. So does that mean most of your gigs or all of your gigs are in clubs in the clubs that you perform at? Dragos. No, a lot of times I just produce all these shows by myself. So you know, I reach out to a bar. Uh, let's say if I want to go do a show in Vienna, right? Uh, I right. just find a bar. I say, hey, man, I want to do a comedy show here on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, maybe a Sunday. If you give me, because they don't want to give you the Fridays or Saturdays, because that's when they have a lot of the bar anyway, right? So you have right. to kind of ask them for a spot when they have less traffic for the bar. And then you say, like, look, I'm going to do some advertising for the show. I'm going to post in Facebook groups. I'm going to maybe run some ads for the show. And then, you know, I and I get to keep all the donations and, and tickets and you get just get to keep, keep the bar. So if you give them that kind of like speech, that kind of approach, they're usually quite flexible because you know, they want to sell more drinks, right? So right. a lot of times when I do these shows around Europe, I just figure out where I want to go. I kind of build a little trajectory. I build a little tour uh, itinerary. And then I start reaching out to venues until I find one. And you know, I've done shows in venues that have 20 people, venues that have 30 people, 50 people. Sometimes they don't even have a stage. Sometimes it's like just makeshift microphone. I've done shows without a microphone, just you know, wherever I can find it. Yeah, I yeah, you also had said something interesting because you're technically the booker now, right? <laughs> you're te- you said there was no booker. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, yeah, you have to book yourself basically. That's the that's the way to go. There's nobody and no nobody knows who you are, don't cares. Right. Nobody there's no incentive. There's not enough money for them to care. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, well that makes sense too. I mean, yeah, in the long run, there really isn't enough like money still talks, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So then the why should somebody, you know, put so much time and effort in organizing a show for you if they're gonna be you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So you all you've had experience performing in all sorts of countries all over Europe. So does your yeah. comedy easily translate to all of these different countries? I guess a lot of times it does. It's just a kind of like it's a storytelling type of style when I talk about my experiences they, they don't need to know about they don't have any they don't need any prior knowledge of like references I try to stay away from references that are too local right because they won't get those so it's just like kind of introducing them to, to different topics and points of, of knowledge I guess like I'm from Romania what is Romania this is Romania I explain to them what it is what what do we do there how it is I tell them how I moved out of Romania it's kind of like I let them know everything they need to know right Right, right, right. Or sometimes I just use generally, generally known kind of like stereotypes because those stereotypes everybody knows, uh, and I just kind of play around with those, right? Right. Kind of like Russell Peters, if you. Will. Yeah, it makes sense though. You try mm-hmm. to treat it as generally as possible. Exactly. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah. you know, if you if you go too specific, then you might might not hit anything, right? Might fly over the head. So as as broad as possible, basically. Exactly. Exactly. So in the last few minutes of this interview. First of all, mm-hmm. thank you for taking time out of your day. 
really glad I got to talk to you. No problem, man. Happy to happy to chat. Long time no speak, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, is there a country you still want to perform comedy at, or are you satisfied with staying in Berlin? I would love to go to South America. I have a lot of people that follow me on TikTok from South America, and I haven't had the chance to kind of go there. But, you know, obviously also coming back to Asia would be in the books. I just need to kind of figure out the time, the place, the money to set up all this stuff, right? Right. But let's let's see how it kind of uh, slowly, you know, shapes up, right? We'll, we'll hopefully be able to make it happen in the next two, three years. We'll see. At the moment, I've, I've learned and I've realized that the best thing to do is just focus more on growing your online presence. Right. Because the more you grow the online stuff, the more people can discover you, the more people can find up stuff and, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. And kind of like go from there. We'll see. Yeah. Because a lot of comedians have actually, like myself, a lot of comedians out here, have actually reverted to doing comedy online now, especially with the TikTok and the and the Zoom shows, because that's unfortunately the scenario we're all faced with. Right? We're, all, we're all faced with the absence of crowds and the removal of you shows. Have to, you have to adapt to it, right? I mean, it's, it's, you know, yeah. it's, it sucks. I don't. I'm not a big fan of it. It's not cool, but this is what it is, right? This is the reality that we live in at the moment. And I guess you know. There's just no point complaining about it. The only thing you can do is just that, right? Right. Yeah. It's the unfortunate truth of our situation. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. But at least, you know, we get to do these things that talk to to friends we haven't spoken to in a while. So thank you, Dragus Christian, for being on the Last Clown Pod. No, no worries, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on here. I hope I hope you you do well there in, in, in uh, the Philippines. I hope things kind of restart for you guys as well now. They yeah. get the vaccine rolling out and hopefully, you know, maybe in the, in the year coming year, maybe in the year after, I'll be able to come by and do some shows together with you guys over there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're welcome anytime as long as the world allows it. So let the guys, my the listeners rather, of my podcast know where they can reach you out on social media. This is also very, very important. I made sure that I, I changed all my social media handles to Dragos Comedy, D-R-A-G-O-S Comedy, just to like make it less confusing for everybody. So on, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, everywhere, Pornhub, you can follow me on Dragos Comedy. Perfect. We'll make sure to get you on that Pornhub follow. Thank you, Dragos Christian. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it, yeah? Yeah, appreciate you, sir. And that does it for this week's episode of the Class Cloud podcast. I'd like to thank my guest, Dragos Christian, for joining me today, getting to talk to me for a bit. Germany has actually landed a spot on the map of the world that I keep here in my room as one of the places I actually want to go to. It's, it's there. It's pinned down. You know, so... I will uh, add it to the list of countries the, for this segment that still does not have a name. <laughs> I still want to go to these different comedy scenes around the world, regardless of where they are. I will definitely get to it one day. And if you guys have a better name for this episode or for this series where I talk to different comedians about different scenes around the world, please let me know. Uh, because I'm not creative enough to think of one. I think the closest thing I got to one was calling it Laughter Travels or some stupid shit like that. So please let me know because I there's a reason why I'm not a copywriter. <laughs> Laughter uh, Tales. Uh, comedy Journey. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> funny 
flights. Ah, pwede yun, funny flights. And I like kind brainstorming at the end just to kill time. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Class Clown Podcast. Again, for everything Chino Liao, for my links to my Kofi page, to the shout-out page that why would you go to? Nobody needs to pay me for a greeting. It's stupid. To all my comedy sketches on TikTok, to my latest comedy shows, which are happening real soon. There's one on the sep- of September the 25th and another on October the 25th. Please check out my Linktree account. That is linktr.ee slash Chino Supersized. Again, L-I-N-K-R-K-T-R dot E-E slash Chino Supersized. Now, until next time, where I talk to more random people about more random things, only here on the Class Clown Podcast. This has been a Podcast Network Asia production, powered, of course, by Podmetrics. I am Chino Liao. Goodbye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>